Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy. I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to an average account of exceptional things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So before we hop into today's episode, of course, we've got to do a little bit of housekeeping. This episode is the start of a month-long series on the armor of God. So if you listened all the way to the end last week, you may have already known that this was coming. But if not, no worries. We're very happy that you're here with us today. So as we dive into this episode, I want to start out by reading the passage that this idea of the armor of God comes from. And that's going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So I want you to think about a soldier preparing for an earthly battle. Part of that preparation is putting on their armor. Now these days, that's going to look a lot like Kevlar and combat boots, but the purpose ultimately is the same. This armor, however, is going to be very unique because it is designed specifically to protect us and aid us in spiritual battles. A bulletproof vest is alright at stopping bullets, but it can't help you in the battle against temptation and sin, which is why it is so important for us to prepare ourselves by donning the armor of God. Now we will be discussing the various components of the armor of God, in the order that they are introduced in these verses. So that means that for our listeners with an especially keen ear, you now know exactly what's coming today. But just in case you missed it, that means our first piece of armor is going to be the belt of truth. And for each piece of the armor, we are going to explain what it is, and then its importance, and finally we're going to spend some time discussing how we can go about putting it on, which is to say, how we put these things into practice in our lives. Alright, so getting right into it now, what is the belt of truth? Well, I'd like 
to think that at least most of us know what a belt is, whether we choose to use them or not. So we're going to defer that to a little bit later in the episode. Putting that on hold and moving on to the truth part, what exactly are we talking about here? Well, we're going to go ahead and start out with a basic definition of truth. The dictionary definition here is that which is in accordance with fact or reality. That's what truth is. So for my regular listeners, this is going to be review time. For those who were not around for episode 5, this concept is very important to understanding the idea of truth, and it may be something that's fresh to you. When discussing truth in any context, it is important to differentiate between objective truth and subjective truth, because this is where a lot of people get tripped up. Here's the simplified explanation. In every instance where there are two conflicting claims, something is true. That may be one of the claims that is true, or it could be neither of the claims. But there is one thing that is true, one reality, that is unchanged by whether you believe it or not. That's objective truth. Every statement, claim, or theory is either true or it's untrue. And whether you or I want it to be true doesn't change the reality that it either is or it isn't. Whether someone chooses to believe that something is true doesn't change whether it is true and correct or not. Now the idea of subjective truth stands in contrast to this, and here's the brief explanation there. The idea of subjective truth is that all truth is relative. If two people make conflicting claims, they're both right as long as they both believe what they're saying to be the truth because that's what's true to them. This is why you'll see individuals talking about your truth or my truth. This concept contradicts the basic definition of the word truth in my opinion. As someone with a math and science background, this idea seems completely absurd to me. And if it seems absurd to you as well, you probably believe in objective truth just like I do, religious affiliation aside. Side note here, they should make a bumper sticker that says subjective truth is an oxymoron. And if anyone hears this and finds something like that out there, send me an email at the address in the show description and let me know, because I would love to pick one of those up. Now, circling back around, in terms of the belt part, I promised we would get back to this, and here we are. These days we think of a belt as something to hold our pants up. But in an armor context during biblical times, a belt was so much more. The belt served to secure the soldier's breastplate, as well as to hold the sheathed sword. And in this way, the belt served as the foundation for the full armor. So the belt of truth is the foundation of truth that we build our lives on. And as we prepare for battle and put on all of these other armor components, the breastplate, the shield, the shoes, all of it, Truth supports and helps uphold them. Hopefully, this has at least painted a general picture of what the belt of truth is. So why is it so important to prepare ourselves with this belt of truth? Well, this one isn't too difficult of a question to answer. Truth is step number one. You have to be rooted in truth before you can develop further in your spiritual walk. And as you grow the moment that you lose that foundation in truth is the moment that you begin to drift away. Let's use an example here. I'll make the statement, 
God is all-powerful. The fancy scholarly word here would be omnipotent. Is that true or false? Now, some people might debate me on this, and often this is likely going to be individuals who are skeptical of the Christian faith or object to it altogether. There are a lot of points that we could get into about that, so I won't go down that road. But working from a Christian worldview and perspective, what is the answer to that question? Well, that would be a big old thumbs up, absolutely true. God is all-powerful. So that statement serves as something that should be an absolute at the core of your belief. It's the truth. It's your foundation. Now let's say maybe you aren't bearing that in mind, or that you're not firmly rooted in the truth, believing in God's total sovereignty. Well, how does that affect you? How do you build the discipline of prayer when you don't know if God has the power to deliver you? Or how do you boldly share the gospel if you're unsure that God has the power to change someone's heart? Now, those are just a couple of really easy examples that stem from that lack of a truthful foundation. And you might say, well, those are bad examples. And if so, I would encourage you to just choose any statement that you can be sure is true. The easy way here would be to choose something clearly defined in Scripture and then change it to something else. Here's what that looks like in this example. You change God is all-powerful to God is not all-powerful. Or maybe even, well, God might be all-powerful, but, you know, I just don't know. Now think about how that statement affects your daily living and the actions that you would take compared to embracing that true statement, whatever it is that you've found and chosen to use for your own example. Think about how that reversal or perversion of the original statement relates practically to God's commandments or to the growth and strengthening of spiritual disciplines. And it's really easy to see here with this quick little exercise how not having a firm truthful foundation can wreak absolute havoc on something as simple as our daily walks. The truth is, a strong house is built on a strong foundation. We see this in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. So it's very simple, as it was laid out right there in those verses. If you want a strong defense against sin, if you want a strong defense against the enemy, build that defense on a strong foundation, on a foundation of truth. Support your armor with that belt of truth. So how does this work in day-to-day life? A phrase that I've taken a liking to recently is one that I've used in previous episodes, and it's this. Don't take my word for it, 
take God's word for it. And I like it because the idea behind this is a very simple one, and yet it is extremely powerful. Our words carry opinions, but God's word carries authority. Just take a moment and sit with that. Now, we should consider the words of others, both for guidance and learning, and I think that it would be foolish to disregard the valuable advice that we often receive from trusted friends and family. But here's the difference. Again, we should consider the words of others. We should obey God's word. See, there's no room for consideration there. We study and memorize scripture in order to better know and apply it to our lives. And we should read diligently as a way to help us draw closer to God. But most importantly, we should be obeying God's word. One fundamental aspect to the Christian faith is the belief that scripture is just that, God's word. It is God-breathed, it's divinely inspired, and because of that, we should treat scripture as just that, the word of God. And one way that I feel personally that we often go astray is when we stop obeying God's word and start considering God's word. In my opinion, it is very unwise to take God's word under advisement. Now, if someone comes to me challenging me on a stance that I have or an action that I'm taking, and they have strong scripture references to support their assertions, I'm going to hit the brakes. Full emergency stop. When you think that you might be going against God's commandments, I believe it's best to take a moment and ensure that you're still headed down the correct path. Because there are two paths that I might be able to take from that point described. First, I want to stop and read that scripture and the surrounding passages. And then I feel that it would be wise to pray. And finally, I believe that God will lead me to one of these two conclusions. Number one, this person was correct. And in this case, it's time to humble ourselves and then alter our trajectory and continue on wiser than we were before and better off for someone who was well-meaning, who came to us, and helped us see that we were heading in the wrong direction. Now, conclusion number two is that this person was incorrect, either from unintentional misinterpretation of a verse or verses, or potentially from more malignant motivations. In this case, you press forward on the original course, still wiser, I would say, because you now understand that this incorrect argument is out there, and you understand the scripture and the reasoning that disproves that. The point here is that scripture is an exceptional way to keep your foundation rooted in truth. Scripture is literally God's word. That's not a figure of speech or a clever turn of phrase. It doesn't get any more truthful than that. Now just a moment ago, I mentioned that it's a fundamental truth of the Christian faith that scripture is divinely inspired. And I do have the verse references to back that up as well. It's going to be 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. These verses highlight how the Word of God is so incredibly useful in equipping ourselves for what is to come. We can see here just how useful Scripture is for teaching, that we can learn from it, and then as a result, go out more prepared, more ready for whatever we will encounter in life. Now, people always talk about how amazing mothers or fathers are on their respective holidays. And they say things like, All the parents out there know these babies don't come with instruction manuals. That's very true. Babies do not come with instruction manuals. But here's the beautiful thing. Life does come with an instruction manual. All of it. We literally have an instruction manual for life. Everything that we need is right there in the Bible. But how often do we open it up? How often do we set ourselves up for success spiritually by reading the Word? Now, that isn't meant to be an attack on anyone who isn't regularly reading the Word, but it is meant to be an encouragement. For those who have made studying God's Word a regular part of your routine, day in and day out, I want to encourage you to keep with that, to stay consistent, because it is so valuable and so important to us as Christians. And for those who maybe are infrequent with their study, or perhaps it's been a long time since you've studied the Word altogether, I want this to serve as an encouragement for you as well. It's never too late to start learning, because the more you learn, the more you know. Whether you've been reading the Bible consistently for the last 10 years, or you haven't touched a Bible in the last 10 years, when you open it up, when you start studying and you pray over that time, and you read diligently and seek after God, you will not return from that empty-handed. I can say that with 110% confidence. Now I believe the most straightforward, number one way to put on the belt of truth and to build that firm foundation upon which we can continue to don our armor is to regularly and diligently read and know God's Word. Because there is no such thing as too much of God's truth in our lives. There will only be never enough of God's truth in your lives. Sorry if that came out a little bit weird, but you get the idea. So some closing thoughts here as we wrap up this week's episode. First, I want to thank you for listening in today for part one of this special series. And please don't forget to tune in next week for part two, where we'll be getting into the breastplate of righteousness and what I'm going to abbreviate for reference sake as the shoes of the gospel of peace. And finally, I do want to encourage you, if you have enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, if it has helped you or been an encouragement, please share it with friends, with family, with random strangers on the street, because the goal here is for as many people as possible to be able to hear these discussions, to be able to hear a breakdown of God's word, what it has to say about 
everyday topics, regardless of who you are, where you are, or what you may be going through. So with all that said, once again, thank you for tuning in this week. This officially concludes episode 13, part one of our Armor of God series discussing the Belt of Truth. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.